Hello, Alvern here. How are you guys doing today? Awesome. So, I have a special guest on with us today, and her name is Allegra. And I'm going to get Allegra to introduce herself. Over to you, Allegra. Hi, thanks for having me. I help busy, ambitious women step off the emotional eating roller coaster so you can lose weight, feel your best, and look great while eating all of your favorite foods. No counting and no restrictions. Wow, that sounds like utopia. (laughs) (laughs) So, for the purpose of that one woman who's listening to you there thinking, oh, she can eat everything that she wants. Can you explain a little bit more and give some examples? Yeah. So the whole, my whole approach to eating and losing weight is pretty different than a lot of what you hear in the health world. You know, there's so much focus on the one thing that you should eat or the one thing that you shouldn't eat. And the truth is, is that for the vast majority of people, you actually can eat whatever you want. And (laughs) When we're tuned in to our bodies and we're really listening to them and respecting them and we've forgotten about all that garbage that other people are telling us, we will eat when we're hungry, we will stop eating when we're full, and our bodies will get exactly the right amount of food that we need to be our best and look our best. And our bodies will actually naturally, if we have weight we need to lose, um, our bodies will actually naturally take care of that. Our bodies really want to be at our optimal weight. And it's kind of all the other garbage that we're doing and listening to and trying to do um, that's stopping us from having that. (laughs) So what about the whole thing about, you know, calories in, calories out, exercise? So you're saying we don't need to exercise anymore or... (laughs) <laughs> well, that's, that sounds like a trick question, Alvern, but <laughs> um, I obviously there's many, many, many health benefits to exercising and I support exercising. But the truth is, is that you also cannot exercise your way out of a bad diet. And so the thing, and you might be thinking, well, you just said I could eat whatever I want. And the thing is, is that you can, because if you're really paying attention you're not going to eat junk food all the time. It doesn't make you feel good. And so you actually, by letting yourself eat junk food, you will just naturally eat not too much junk food. You'll just eat the right amount of junk food that's satisfying and tastes good and and feels good. But when it stops feeling good, you will stop eating it. <laughs> because nobody wants to feel bad. But um, you know, we get into this trap of actually not listening to our bodies at all. And that's kind of the catch with a lot of that other advice. Um, You know, if you're measuring how much you eat based on the number of calories that it is, you have just totally ignored anything your body has to say about it. You know, you've just totally shut down the fact that you, you actually might not even be hungry right then, or maybe you exercise and you're actually really hungry but you're going to stop yourself when you get to whatever, you know, you're going to only eat your hundred calorie snack. You know, there's all those hundred calorie snack bags. So it's like, if you just exercise, you might need to eat more, you know, and I I actually 
meet a lot of women who are under eating throughout the day. Like they're like, oh, I'm only going to eat 200 calories now and 100 calories then and another 200 cal- and then another 100. And by the end of the day, their bodies are like, I'm so freaking hungry. <laughs> And then, you know, plus the stress of the day, I've been busy, I've been doing this, you know, like I finally got home and my body's screaming at me like, I'm so hungry. And I'm like, oh, I'm so stressed out. And I'm just going to go to the cabinet and I'm going to eat the entire box of cookies. And it's like, (laughs) that just makes you feel terrible. Then you've eaten too many cookies. So your body feels bad. Then you're beating yourself up because you're like, I just ate that whole box of cookies. What's wrong with me? And I'm like, well, what's wrong with me is that I should have eaten more when I was hungry earlier, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. That's, that's just amazing. It's like, it's like utopia. Um, Because when you think about it, you know, like you said, there's so much different diets out there and counting calories and um, eating small, small portions throughout the day and eating only three meals a day or eating two meals a day. And oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, it's. It's confusing, it's overwhelming, and the truth is is that what works for one person doesn't work for the next person. And so if you feel really good eating two meals a day and you're losing weight and you feel fantastic, you should do it. Mm. But if you are suffering, hating every second of the day (laughs) by trying to only eat two meals a day, I'm just going to make a prediction that it's not going to work for you. Right. So you can't let go of all that. That's, that's, and like really tune in that that's, that's really the difference. So it's, it is utopia in some ways. And it's also, I will say in the beginning, especially it's not always totally easy because we've trained ourselves. We've trained ourselves to count calories. We've trained ourselves to try these things. We've trained ourselves to, to, you know, eat the wild berry from the Amazon and think that that's going (laughs) to fix us. So we have to. We do have to untrain ourselves mm. to get there. And I also say the other thing is, you know, we're busy, we're ambitious, we have a lot going on in our lives, and so we do have to be realistic too. Mm. I mean, sometimes we can't pay attention to like every whim that our body. Ha- we do have to plan a little bit, so it's not like you can just have the, you know, fruit basket at your fingertips every single second of the day because sometimes we're busy and we have other things we have to do. Mm. So we have to be realistic too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. I'm sure for that one woman who's listening there now and thinking, Oh my goodness, send me the sheets right now. She's like, that sounds amazing. You can eat whatever you want, even including junk food. Um, and, you know, sometimes junk food isn't necessarily junk food because sometimes, you know, you have some really, you know, healthy snacks that's are really good for you. But yeah, technically you can eat junk food and you can tell if your, if your body is, you know, if your body had enough. That is just, wow, that is just a whole different approach. So I guess the question I want to have to you, why do you do what you do? I do what I do for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, I absolutely love it. I mean, it is such an amazing feeling to help women let go of all that old, all, you know, the old story, basically the story that we tell ourselves that we have to starve ourselves and eat things that taste like cardboard and um, punish ourselves to, to achieve a health goal that helping women let go of that is so amazing. And 
um, it goes also hand in hand with this a feeling of guilt, right? So I'm helping women stop feeling guilty mm. about their food and stop feeling like um, the only way to win is to eat these horrible things and, and starve ourselves um, and to really just just transform their their relationship with food that is just it's so if it's so amazing it's just such a good feeling and i'm really good at it <laughs> also <laughs> so that feels good too right to just have something that i can do that helps women and i work with such amazing women i mean it's a principal of a high school there's you know women with their own businesses photographers uh, educators and when they can let go of that kind of garbage thinking about food, they can also be better at what they're doing. You know, like the, there was a principal that I worked with who was, I just loved working with her. We had so much fun together. We laughed and, um, you know, and she let go of so much guilt. And she is an amazing principal. She was already an amazing principal. But, you know, she's free now to take that lightness with her. Mm. And she's a role model for, you know, hundreds of students and their families. And so if she can have a really healthy relationship with food and eat well and take care of herself and feel really good in her body, that is going to also be further inspiration for the hundreds of families that she's touching, you know, the lives that she's touching over the years. I mean, thousands, you know, over the, over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so that's, that's just really good. Yeah. Sounds like you enjoy what you do. (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Something you mentioned earlier about relationship with food. I mean, is it possible to have a relationship with your food? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, something that clients share with me is that food feels like a friend to them. Oh, wow. And yeah, that's really common with emotional eating. It is, we're turning to food because we're, we have stress or, you know, we have whatever we're bored or, you know, we have some negative emotion. We have some project that we don't want to do and going to the refrigerator and eating some slices of cheese just seems like so much more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so food absolutely can, um, you know, be a friendship type of role in our bodies. And the other thing is, is that we, we all, have voices in our head. You know, we're not crazy. That's Mm -hmm. actually normal. And unfortunately, a lot of those are very critical. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the health world trains our most critical voices to be the voice that we hear with food. So, you know, it's not even, it it maybe it feels like a relationship with the food for some women it does, but sometimes it's just our relationship with ourselves when we talk about food. And, you know, it's just kind of too two different ways that we do the same thing. Mm. But I, you know, I like to, I don't want anyone to have a, a judge or a police or a mean girl. I don't want that to be your voice around food. Like I want your food voice to be a mother, a friend, um, you know, like somewhere you can really go for nourishment. Cause here's an example. We like, you know, if, if you have kids, you think about your kids. If your kid ate the entire giant bag of hot Cheetos, you know, and they, at some point they probably will, and then they feel <laughs> sick to their stomach, 
he would never be like, you're so disgusting. You're the most horrible person in the world. You have no willpower. He wouldn't say that to them. And yet that's how we talk to ourselves. Okay. It's madness. So we sometimes had to be like, okay, well, what would I say to my kid if they ate the whole bag of hot Cheetos? I would say, oh, honey, I gosh, that, that wasn't a very good choice. I'm sure you feel really bad. Let's why don't we make you a cup of hot tea and, you know, maybe you should go to bed early tonight and fresh start tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like we would mm. be so different mm. or if it's our best friend, you know, who's telling us, Oh my God, I eat the whole box of cookies. You're like, Oh, you know, sweetie, what's, what's wrong? Like what's happening? Why did you do that? What, there's gotta be something else. But when it's ourselves, we're like, we suck. I'm terrible. I'm the most disgusting person in the world. Mm. And so whether it's with yourself or whether it's with the food, there is a relationship there and I want it to be loving and <laughs> caring and nurturing, wow. <laughs> forgiving. That is, just, that is just so mind blowing. I've never seen, well, for me personally, I have never seen myself having a relationship with food, but I guess we all do. <laughs> that is, that is just, wow. Amazing. Um, so in terms of your growing up then, obviously you wouldn't, well, I don't know, but for sure, but I, I don't think you were born with this sort of special talent to, you know, understand this relationship with food thing and, you know, helping women and all of that. So you, you must have had um, someone in your life who is your role model um, to sort of get into what you're doing now. It might not be directly related to specifically for that particular scale but the fact that you're actually running your own business so to speak who was that role model for you in your life well I don't really have business owners in my life from my family from growing up um, but I've always just had this idea that I wanted my own business mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's been something I've had crazy ideas that were probably not that practical, a candy <laughs> store, a candy store back when I was a sugar addict, I want to have a candy store, <laughs> a tea shop, um, you know, things that are really kind of complicated and would be hard to, I think, create. But, um, when I first heard about a health coach, I kid you not, I didn't even know what the job was. And I immediately thought I would be so good at that. I just really? know I would wow. be, I would be good at that. And that goes back to kind of twofold. I feel so lucky. I did grow up eating healthy. My mom had a very, you know, I guess I would credit some of this to my mom. She didn't necessarily articulate these kinds of thoughts, but she was, for the most part, immune to the fads. You know, she wasn't trying to cut out certain foods or have, you know, she just cooked wholesome food. We ate vegetables. We ate whole grains. She wasn't strict about it. It was just kind of the norm in our household. Mm -hmm. And we ate a variety of foods. We ate different types of food from different countries. So we just had a really very common sense and open-minded approach to food mm -hmm. growing up. Now, I did emotionally eat. And, I, you know, I think if, if there had been, I'm not saying she should have, or I'm not blaming her in any way, but maybe if there had been a conversation about some of these ideas around food, I might've had some tools to, to avoid that. Mm. Um, but I, 
got to a really hard place as a young woman. I mean, really, what young woman doesn't struggle? Mm. There's so much pressure and body image mm. um, issues and and terrible messages in the media, mixed messages in the media. And mm. I think for any woman, we're going to deal with that in some way. And, um, you know, you put that in, it's like, basically you've already created a breeding ground for <laughs> trouble with food. Uh, unfortunately, our, our society does, our culture does, the media does. Um, and then my first boyfriend was, it wasn't a healthy relationship. It was, mm. I don't know, borderline abusive, maybe abusive emotionally. You know, he didn't hit me. He, I, sometimes I'm like, I wish he would have just hit me and it would have been really clear, right? Yeah. Or I'm like, oh, that's not a healthy relationship out of here. <laughs> but when it's the more subtle, like he would mm. just, he would put me down with certain things. He was kind of controlling, like, and, you know, I don't blame him. It was so long ago. He was young. He didn't have really great role models as parents. You know, mm. I, I wish the best for him at, at this point. I, I hope he's, I don't think he was happy and I hope he's found that. Um, but it, it was really bad for me to be in that, finally pull myself out of that and then be really lost in the world. I was young. I hadn't been out of my parents' house that long. And I mean, just being young, you kind of have to like feel a little bit sorry for yourself. <laughs> you just don't have the wisdom, you know, it's like, you're just so, susceptible to so many things that now I'm like no I'm like <laughs> I just don't care anymore <laughs> but as a young woman you know I I just I struggled and I turned to sugar as part of that struggle um and I like I was caught in a very unhealthy cycle that's kind of long I, I went all way off the question <laughs> No, you're fine. So I guess part of the inspiration was just obviously my own journey, mm -hmm. figuring that out, seeing how ripe we all are to have the struggle because of the messages out there mm. and knowing that there's another way. It's amazing. That is just amazing. Um, and then obviously... You know, you said, okay, you wanted to open a T-shirt, but you wanted to open a candy store. By the way, there are T-shirts <laughs> available right now. I can, I can remember seeing one over the Christmas period um, some time ago there. I was like, wow, and there's all these teas that you can go and taste. So there are T-shirts available, and there are candy stores, just in case you're wondering. So um, just in case you want to change your mind, you can start too late to go, to go there. But to, to sort of bring you to this point... <clears throat> What is the best advice you've ever received so far uh, in your life? It doesn't have to be necessarily business-related. It could be both business. It could be personal. What's that best advice look like to you? Whew, that's a tough one. <laughs> the best advice I think that I've ever received, or at least that's coming to mind right now, is really um but sometimes we have to sit through the pain and the discomfort we spend so much of our life avoiding it and i am i am so averse to confrontation and mm. awkwardness and so many things that i'd rather just go and just be on you know just do my own happy thing <laughs> and <clears throat> you can't avoid it all. <laughs> you, know, you have to sit through some of that. 
and whether that's business and knowing that you're going to be rejected and, um, you know, not to take that personally or whether that's personal life relationships, you know, having my kids and my husband now and just knowing that sometimes I have to deal with things and I have to tell my husband sometimes (laughs) things that I'd rather just ignore. (laughs) So that's, and that feel like that message has come from some different channels. I mean, just, just hard knocks of life mostly, Mm. but um, I do have a, a spiritual business coach now who helps me move through some of that. Mm. And would you consider yourself an introvert? Oh God, no, no, no. An extrovert a hundred times over. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. You know, Cause I know some people say, you know, you don't, they don't, don't want to go through. I don't want to face this. I don't want to say anything to anyone. And sometimes, um, they would be people who are introverts who prefer, like you said, to go and hide in a corner somewhere and just not talk to anybody. But um, no, you're an extrovert. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of your life so far, what is the one thing that has impacted your life to date? Parenthood. That's easy. Wow. Parenthood has knocked me to the ground (laughs) and I had to build myself back up one piece at a time (laughs) wow (laughs) I had no idea what I was in for (laughs) (laughs) can't go back now it's too late (laughs) no there's no going back only going only going forward (laughs) Don't worry. I always tell all of them, all of my um, colleagues, friends, business associates, when I meet them, it's they're going to be children for only 18 years of, of their lives. So enjoy every moment of it. Even if you feel knocked down, <laughs> just enjoy it. I have a 22-year-old and a 14-year-old, and I just cannot remember how he got to 22 so fast, but <laughs> enjoy every single moment of it, please. Yeah. My husband just said, well, our older son, his name is Kyrol. He said, well, Kyrol's a third of the way done living with us. Mm. He's six. And I was like, what? He said, yeah, he's six. You know, three times six is 18. And I was thinking, wow, he seems so young. But when you put it that way, mm. it seems like it's going really fast. Yes, <laughs> it goes really, really fast. But yeah, I, I totally enjoy parenthood. And I wish I knew everything I knew, know now that I would have enjoyed it much better when my kids were much younger. But this is my advice to you. Enjoy them. So all that listener, that woman who's listening to me in the podcast, enjoy every moment of it. Don't matter what, just enjoy it. So in terms of um, making the change, so were you always in business? Um, did you work a full-time job at some point? What does that look like um, for you? Yeah, I worked in education, mostly through the nonprofit sector. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my background is very diverse. I have a bachelor's of science in biology, ecology, and conservation biology. I have a master's of fine arts in creative writing with an emphasis on poetry. <laughs> <laughs> and through all of those, I 
either volunteered or started working part-time in education, mostly in, in science education. And so that ended up being my career. I went right into it. I worked at, I did alternative fuel education. I worked for a nonprofit that brought in mostly elementary school age students and, and educated them on alternative fuels, you know, natural gas and electric cars and hydrogen as a fuel and all that kind of stuff. And it was fun. It was very fun. And then I, oh, I had one job that was really stupid. I didn't do anything. I was like a chair warmer. It was supposed (laughs) to be education, but it was not really. And that was at uh, University of Davis, University of California at Davis. But I live in San Diego and it was based in San Diego. It was a partnership with the county. I guess it's too much bureaucracy because it's like the university plus the county all together. Wow. Not that much got done. (laughs) But from there, I went on to our University of California in San Diego and I did science education. So we did all, that was a fun job. We worked with scientists on campus and we connected with them with mostly at the high school level students. And we did so many interesting things and we would tour all the science labs and I mean the university here is a really stellar for the sciences among other things and so we would see little zebra fish tiny little fish that they had given genetic material to from jellyfish so they would glow so glow in the dark fish and ping pong on a computer screen that you literally did with your brain they would hook up electrodes to your brain and you would make the ball move in different directions and I mean all kinds of fun and interesting things. Mm-hmm. And I did that part-time after my first son was born, but that was all grant funded. It was all um, mostly through large federal grants and there was some changes. The director, le- the original director left and basically nobody else was good at getting grant money. And so, you know, grants are always for a certain amount of time, yeah. two years, four years, six years, whatever they are. And so when my grant ended, there wasn't a new one to roll me onto. And so I got laid off, but I had my little one and I thought, Oh, this is such a blessing in disguise. This is amazing. He was only eight months cause I went back half time. And then literally the week that he turned one, I just remember thinking, Oh my God, I have to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I loved it. I was terrified of infancy. And then when he was an infant, I loved it. And then I thought it was harder when the, he, just I didn't know they got opinions so young and <laughs> and but I didn't want to go back full time and so then there wasn't really part time options and that's a whole other we could have a whole conversation that's something I'm passionate about, just the opportunities for women. I don't know how it is there in the United States. It's terrible. You know, you have to choose work full time or basically don't work because the part time jobs don't even pay enough to pay for childcare. Mm. And it opened my eyes a lot to the struggle of, you know, families just have to afford childcare. It's crazy expensive. And um, I was lucky I didn't financially have to go right back. And that's when I started my business. I said, okay, this is my opportunity. I can do this. I can start small. I can grow it and scale it as they get older. And that's how I got into it. And I love it, obviously. I'd already been certified. I'd done my certification. I just hadn't jumped yet and so that was my that was my inspiration to jump was having my kids 
and knowing that I needed something else yeah. <laughs> alongside them. <laughs> I was just about to ask you, so what, for those who are listening out there, like, okay, you, you, obviously, okay, you had your kids, but was there, was there some defining moment, something, obviously, there was no sort of, okay, you have to leave your job, because you, you, you already had, you were at home with your kids, you didn't have to go to work either, so is there something that someone can learn from you today that to make that leap of faith from, oh, and I'm saying, I'm actually say from, but just getting into you know, that job, because a lot of people, they want to, oh, they, they just have this dream of running their own business, or they have this dream of getting into whatever it is, a startup or whatever it is. What is it that you can advise them today to make that move from wherever they are, whether it be full-time employment or stay-at-home mom, to doing the business? Because going into business is scary. Yes. And it is so much harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> That's been a, I, I mean, I just have to be totally honest about that because, you know, me and my avoid the, all the painful conversations. Yes. I was like, oh, I'm just going to start a business. <laughs> it was very naive. And it is a lot of hard work. So I do think you have to have, a, you know, confidence in your commitment. Definitely that has to be in place. And on, for me, though, every struggle has just confirmed my confidence, you know, um, and that commitment. I just, everything I come up against, I just, I don't care. I'm like, I just push through it. It's just, it's a long term vision. It's like, this is what I'm doing and this will be successful. Mm. Um, so I do think knowing that it is, that it just has to be done. You know, you kind of have to have that in place, but then as far as kind of advice, um, just start with something, you know? I mean, I, I look back at what I used to do and I think, why didn't I start my business sooner? I mean, oh. especially, especially before kids, mm. I'm really like, what did I do with all that time? Mm. <laughs> I should have started a business back then mm. because I do think there's some strategy to starting small to, to knowing that it takes time to scale. Right. Yeah. I mean, okay, some, you're going to hear the success stories. You're going to hear the people who say, oh, in three months I did this and I was making my full-time salary. But that's not most people's story. For most of us, it, is, it does take many months or even, you know, in the matter of a year or two or three to get up to scale. Mm. So if you can find something to do to start, mm. just take one small thing and put it, you know, make it happen because that is the beginning. Mm. And you know, that is how you're going to get to where you want to be. It, it you, you don't have to be there to start. If that makes sense, you don't yeah. have to have, you don't have to be ready to be at a hundred percent there. It is, it does actually make a lot of sense to have a strategy to say, I'm going to actually just start. I'm going to do this and I'm going to like test it out and, and test my confidence too. And, and test my path. Cause I also changed my focus within health coaching. I was doing something else and nobody cared and nobody hired me and <laughs> except they were hiring me to help with emotional eating. And I was thinking, what's going on? Um, you know, so there's testing time too. So just start with something. That's mm. my advice. Just do a little thing. So you start to have feedback on what you want and on what people want from you, because mm. what you think people want from you might not be actually what they want from you. <laughs> it, that's in coaching more, obviously, if you have like a product, then it's a little bit different, but mm. That's good. Start. Yeah. Start with something. Start with something. Okay. And then it's time for some fun questions. 
<laughs> what is the worst piece of advice you've ever received? Ah, uh, you know what? The first <laughs> business coach. I don't know if this is exactly advice. The first business coach that I ever hired. She was. I don't want to say she's terrible because I actually made a friend who loved her and had great results with her. But to me, she didn't tell. She gave me the opposite advice of like starting slow and scaling. And she basically said, "Oh well, we're going to work together for three months, and at the end of three months, oh yeah, you're going to have at least two two package clients booked, and you're going to have at least four thousand dollars coming in." And no, 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 none of it happened. Oh. And that she planted those seeds in my mind made me really feel like a failure. Okay. Yeah. Whereas if she would have been like, Hey, this is what we're working towards and maybe you'll get there in three months and maybe you won't. Um, like, let's just do what's smart and you'll get there eventually. Mm -hmm. I would have been ready to keep moving. It stunted my growth actually, because at the end of three months, I wasn't where she had planted the seed that I should be. Mm. And I felt like such a failure. failure yeah. Yeah. So yeah, don't let other people set goals for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst thing they can do for you. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you, if you were given a chance to trade places with someone for one day, who would that person be and why? Oh, um, I don't know. Either my husband or my kids. What? (laughs) That is just so random. Okay. (laughs) Because I just think it would help our family so much if I could really understand where they were coming from. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, if they could understand me too. Okay, I guess. Oh, man, my life would be so improved if we could (laughs) We could all take a turn, all four of us, (laughs) rotate through. No. (laughs) What do other people say? Famous people? People say all sorts of things. Famous people, people who are already dead, all sorts of Um, people. I would not want to trade places with a dead person for a day. (laughs) No, no, no. Well, obviously, (laughs) go back in time. Go back in time. (laughs) That is hilarious, though. But, oh, that is just so random. I don't know. Would I would I trade pieces with someone in my family for the day? I don't think so. No. no. <laughs> okay. Here's here's another one. What is some what is name something that's on your bucket list? Oh, on my bucket list? Ugh. I don't really have a bucket list. I have lots of New Year's resolutions and I have lots <laughs> of business goals. I don't really have a I actually don't really have a bucket list. Wow. Um but I will tell you something. My I usually have lots of New Year's resolutions, but there's one kind of real one. Okay. That is a fake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're optional. <laughs> okay. And this is something I've never done, which mm-hmm. is dye my hair. Oh, wow. So it's kind of a bucket list because I've never done it. That's weird. I have, that's a second person today that has told me that they wanted to dye their hair for the new year. That is just so random. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Fair enough. I'm going to do mermaid colors, purple, blue, and green in the bottom and the back. That's mad. She wanted purple, purple or silver. That's weird. Okay. (laughs) You guys must really need to do something. Okay. Here's here's one that I don't know how you're going to answer this. What's your guilty pleasure? Oh, 
Um, well, I do like to eat sweets every night, usually after my kids go to bed. But sometimes, sometimes they're junky, and sometimes they're actually sort of healthy. Um, I love this. Is I'm literally sad when I don't have this at home okay. lately. Okay. Although I'll do it for so long, I have to take a break from it. Also, sometimes um, to kind of get excited about it again. But it is dates stuffed with mascarpone cheese. Okay. It is so good. Right. So you have to send me a picture of that one because I have no idea what that looks like. Because so, I know dates. I love to see I know what date is. But stuff with mascarpone cheese? Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And I'll take it to parties sometimes too as a little appetizer. But mascarpone cheese is not sweet. I know dates are really sweet, but okay. We'll have to send Mascarpone is just creamy. I know. So I know. it's like the sweet, creamy combo. So I just, I just break the date in half and I just put, I don't even put a little, it's almost equal amounts, mascarpone and dates. So it's creamy and a little bit sweet. And it actually brings out almost this very subtle back flavor of tanginess in the date, which you don't taste if you just eat the plain date. Wow. So good. And when I take it to parties, everybody thinks it's delicious. Okay. Good. I hope you guys are (laughs) listening to this one. This is just interesting. (laughs) All right, so what final piece of advice would you like to give listeners out there? Ooh, just a final piece? Uh, That's a lot of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) I would just say, um, hire me. No. (laughs) Go take my quiz. Ah, that's good. Am I jumping ahead, though? Were you going to ask me that next? I'm going to ask you that next. Okay, so advice. I would just say, since it has my career, really focusing on enjoying your food, it it will make you a happier person and help you be healthier, too. It's interesting. I was looking at a program over the weekend that talks about dining rather than eating your food. So dining, obviously, as you sit down and you enjoy the food and you enjoy the company that is around you. So that sort of plays into what you just said. It's about enjoying. Not just the food, but the moment, the experience, all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard in our busy world. It's Mm. very hard. And I don't say that true. I don't say enjoy your your food trivially. Mm. And and you can't do it every bite. It, you, in our crazy yeah. world, you just can't. I mean, the way that I eat lunch, it's usually like, oh my god, I gotta get the kids, ah! and I shove some food down. It's not mindful. It's not particularly pleasurable. Oh dear. It's just like if I don't eat now, I'm gonna get too hungry later, and I gotta eat. Some. <laughs> but finding a time. I mean, that's one of the things about that sweet. The sweets that I eat at night. It's after my kids are in bed. It's, you know, they're asleep. It's my time to myself and I don't have to eat a lot, but I just sit. And if I screw up and I do it, like my husband usually reads in their bedtime books. If I start to do it then, but they're not actually in bed, I kid you not, they'll always call me in there. They'll want me back in there one more time. And it's like, now I just have like ruined, 
I just ate that delicious thing. And now I'm, <laughs> I can't just relish in like the halo effect of enjoying that thing. I had to go back to being mom again. So oh, like I, they have to be asleep. Okay. And I can just go eat my couple of bites and I really savor right. it. Okay. <laughs> That's <is> amazing. <laughs> it makes me happy. Okay. <laughs> Actually, one other thing I forgot to ask you. Success, that word success. What does that success mean to you? <laughs> well, I might not have the healthiest relationship with the word success because I am ambitious and I can be very competitive and I definitely get kind of a finish line mentality with success. Like I have to get to this point. Mm. that is success and yet at the same time I don't want to give you that answer even though it's kind <laughs> of the truth because I also know there there is no finish line with success success mm. is improving bettering myself and enjoying the ride at the same time because if you're looking for a finish line you're never going to be happy. So I guess, I guess success to me really resides in happiness. You know, yes. I won't be successful if I'm not happy, mm. but I do also fall into the trap of like, I have to get to that point. I have to, I have to achieve that goal or that thing. So it's, it's a double-edged sword for me, success. Yeah. Well, what's wrong with that though? You have to achieve goals. Like you have to set goals, achieve them. Like if you want to, for example, one of my goals for the year is to get um, 10,000 listeners in my podcast by December. What's wrong with that goal? There's nothing wrong with that because next year I'm going to have a different goal. So I don't see anything wrong with having that sort of a finish line, but it's not really a finish line. It's a temporary finish line until the next year. <laughs> I I think it's good and healthy and it, it's important and it can't be our only definition of success. Obviously not. Happiness, contentment, <laughs> family time, all of that is success as well. But in order to get that yeah. family time, in order to get that happiness, in order to get that, you know, achieve your ambitions, you have to set goals. So, yeah, like you said, yeah. you need both, two I think. Si two sides to the coin. Yes, <laughs> you do. So where can listeners find you online? Or where can listeners find you, generally speaking? But I don't yeah, know. My, I don't want to know where you shop. Just <laughs> I shop at Trader Joe's. <laughs> I don't think you guys have them over there in Europe, uh, but I do think they're owned by Aldi. Now yeah, I, I think Aldi bought them. Yeah, I um, but yeah, if you're in San Diego, you can find me at the Scripps Ranch <laughs> Trader Joe's. <laughs> I I do love that store. Uh, but if you don't live anywhere near there, then please, I would love to welcome you to my website. It is AllegraLowenstein.com, A-L-E-G-R-A-L-O-E-W-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. And I have to emphasize that first E following the O because nobody ever sees it or hears it. So A L E G R A. L O E W E N S T E I N dot com. And I have a quiz there. I would love to invite 
you to listen to it, to, to go take it, not listen to it. It's not audio to go take it. It's called, um, what kind of emotional eater are you? And it's hilarious. I have to say, mm-hmm. because it's really based on this idea that it's not your fault. You ate the cookie or the hot Cheetos or whatever. And so the quiz gets to, tells you who you get to blame. <laughs> Great. I can't <laughs> wait. I must go and try it out myself. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. Um, it is a big, big eye opener because, you know, when you, like you mentioned, when you're business and you're busy and you um, get home in the evening, like everyone, I think most of the women I speak to when it comes to business, when they finish, they say they work really hard in the day and when they finish and they, they just have to eat something and they don't want to feel guilty about it. Um, so I think, you know, whatever you're offering there can really, really help them um, achieve their goals in business as well as achieve their goal when it comes to eating and body weight and health and all of that. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. <laughs> Excellent. So ladies and you person, you lady who's listening out there, thanks so much for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast because I have more surprises coming um, for the whole of this year um, and uh, you know I'll have all the necessary links to the different websites so don't forget to visit the, the website just in case you get lost in terms of finding out um, Allegra's website and until next time enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week bye for now <laughs>